This is Dennis Ramundi. I'm here with my co-host, Phil Goldberg. Our podcast, Spirit Matters Talk, found at spiritmatterstalk.com. Our guest today, uh, Raymond Rigolioso, I hope I pronounced that correctly, and he is the founder and head of Gay Men of Wisdom. Uh, we are uh, going to look at it from a spiritual perspective today. Very happy that you took the time to come on uh, to speak with us today, Ray. Thank you for having me, Dennis and Phil. Uh, Ray, uh, why don't we begin uh, by uh, telling our listeners something about your own spiritual uh, history and how you came to uh, create Gay Men of Wisdom. I've always struggled with the term spirit or spirituality because I've never been entirely sure what it means. What I, the closest I can come to it is listening, listening within, listening to nature, listening to what comes to me. And the, that's, that's how I came to Gay Men of Wisdom. Um, I was, uh, I was a life coach and I found this literature on gay men's nature and purpose that absolutely electrified me. Because I had grown up with this idea, I'd come out and come of age with this idea that gay men and uh, lesbians and gay men were just like everyone else except for our sexual orientation. And I, then I stumbled upon this whole literature that described our differences and talked about our gifts to the world. And it just electrified me. And that literature got me started on the way to creating this what started as a project for my life coaching practice and then became a nonprofit and a mission of mine. Wow, a fabulous story. Uh, I wanted to uh, say uh, something about how, uh, uh, to our listeners, uh, about how I connected with Ray. Uh, a friend of mine, Tobias Grace, uh, who I went to college with, who has recently passed away, uh, I had on my radio show a couple of times, and uh, he, had, he was editor of uh, Out in Jersey, the magazine, uh, he was uh, uh, part of the uh, uh, original uh, Stonewall protest in, in New York, uh, 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 fighting for uh, human rights, gay rights at the time, and uh, continued that struggle. And he's recently passed away. And he had sent me an email not long ago recommending I connect with Ray uh, for an interview. So that's, that's how we connected. So I thought that was a, a very, very uh, nice gift on his behalf to, to connect me to you, Ray. So uh, I just wanted to mention that to our listeners. Uh, you, I read, came out in 1989, uh, and you mentioned just now that uh, spirituality to, means, to you means listening to what's going on inside, sort of. And uh, was it a spiritual awakening? Was it something uh, that uh, uh, aw awakened in you when you made that decision to come out? And I would imagine coming out in 1989 was a lot more difficult than coming out today. Absolutely. And I think it was easier than it was in the 1970s or in the 1960s. Ooh, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So for each generation, it has gotten progressively better. I think for me, and I would imagine for most gays and lesbians, that coming out is a spiritual crisis. It's, it's a reckoning with oneself and a recognizing the discordance between who we are inside and what the world says we should be. So it was 
absolutely an awakening. It it propelled me, this this voice within propelled me to become authentic, to share with the outside world who I really am. And that led to all sorts of openings. And it's it's one of the things that I talk about in this work with, with gay men, and that we when we become authentic about our sexuality, we become authentic in all areas of our lives. Interesting. Ray, I can't help but notice that your last name sounds Italian. So um, were you raised in a, in a Catholic family? And what was it like uh, discovering your, your own sexual orientation in, in the context of Catholicism? Or were you not raised in that way? How was that part of your heritage? Mm. Well... Yeah, I'm definitely Italian. Uh, all, in fact, all of my grandparents come from Sicily and/or southern Italy, mm-hmm. and we were we were raised Catholic. And I was a good Catholic boy, and I hated myself. I felt mm-hmm. guilty for having a sexuality, and especially for being gay, because that's what the church taught us—that we were fundamentally flawed, that we needed salvation. And I went through a period, a very dark period in my teens, when I knew, I remember naming it when I was 12 years old that I was gay. And I dove headlong into religion and became a fanatic. Mm. And, and I thought that would redeem me and it would change my orientation. So it was, it was excruciating. It was very, very difficult. And so ultimately, when I came out, I I not only uh, announced who I was, but I rejected the church and religion. And to this day, I'm not a religious person. But what's really interesting is that I had probably my only spiritual experience in a church that very last time that I went, which was, I, I remember arguing, I was sitting in the pew in the back, and I was struggling with coming out. And our, our church was so unhappy. It was so unspiritual. We had a, a priest who was very repressed and punitive and preaching. I don't remember what he was preaching that, that, that Sunday. And I remember just be feeling so angry and I was having an argument in my head with him. And I heard this, this voice in my head that said, you're okay. You always have been and you always will be. And yeah. it was... Wow. It was astonishing. And I stopped feeling anxious. I left the church. I said, I felt completely, totally at peace. It was the message was, this doesn't, you don't have to go down this path. Interesting. Dennis, can I follow up with something? Um, Ray, in in that context, uh, you said you came out in 1989, which is kind of the height of the AIDS crisis. Um, how much did that play into that whole crazy drama of the 1980s and the discovery of AIDS and everything? I think at the growing up as a teenager in the 80s, it placed even more pressure on me to remain firmly in the closet mm-hmm. because because it was if you came out if you were gay you were sick and you were infected and you were filthy i mean that was that was really what we felt that was those were the messages and of course society really many parts of society wanted us dead they wanted yeah. us erased so um what was interesting though is that the aids crisis it was a it was a human crisis in that 
there something that I say in my in, in my work is that we AIDS cracked open the closed human heart, that it forced humanity to recognize that gay men are human beings. And so out of this tumult that happened in that time, we are the movement advanced much more than any political movement could have possibly achieved. It was that personal recognition because so many young men died and at, at a premature age of horrible death that humanity had to recognize that we too were, were full human beings. Mm. And many of them were the sons and brothers and friends of straight people who didn't know it before that. Exactly. And it really changed people's perception of us as, as monsters to human beings. Yeah. Mm. Our mm. sons and yeah, exactly. Uh, I want to mention that the website is gaymenofwisdom.org, not .com, but gaymenofwisdom.org. Uh, Ray, you mentioned in, uh, uh, your, in your literature under the category of vision, gay men serve an evolutionary purpose on the planet. Could you elaborate on that, please? Sure. When, when we gather as in groups and all of this, all of these ideas come from gay men gathering in groups and asking ourselves, who are we? It's, it's answering Harry Hayes' original questions. Who are we? Where do we come from? What are we for? And, and so that in itself is a spiritual crisis. Why are we here when we're so hated? And yet we keep showing up in every generation. Mm -hmm. And when we, when we look at the roles we play, when we explore this honestly, we recognize that our outsider perspective, our different energy, the way we, we tend to treat other people as equals, this masculine-feminine balance, this exquisite balance of these energies and the ability to move in and out of these energies enables us to play important social functions. And so when you look at all of the different, all of the ways we are different, and how those differences benefit humanity, you can reasonably conclude that we serve an evolutionary function to, to help process and to go forward, to, to process for humanity many of its most difficult challenges. That is interesting. Um, a big part of what I see on your website is the uh, notion of the uniqueness of uh, what you call uh, gay men's gifts, and you, you list 14 of them. So I have a, a, a few uh, questions about that. One is, are you ever accused of stereotyping gay men? Um, and to what extent is there overlap in some of those traits with straight men, with gay women, and, and other, <laughs> other categories? Uh, and finally, it, it, to the extent there is a, a constellation of traits you could attribute to gay men, uh, to what extent is it nature? To what extent is it environmental? You know, the nature-nurture aspect. Of Sorry to lay three questions on you, but there it is. <laughs> it's okay. I'm writing them down. Uh, so I have been accused of stereotyping, and if it's more than the someone who is new to the work can sometimes get that impression. Mm. Now, 
stereotyping requires a blanket judgment, um, a blanket statement and a negative judgment. So what what I'm suggesting is something a lot more nuanced than that, that we're looking at the range of traits that characterize gay men as a group. And we're looking at how those differences benefit humanity. So we're, we're aiming to actually honor those differences. So we're not stereotyping. And this all of this work is an invitation to each gay man to ask himself which of these gifts apply to him and to what extent. So it really is an invitation. We don't say that all gay men possess all 14 of these gifts. Some will possess some gifts more strongly. Um, some might even possess some gifts at different points in their lives. Mm. And, and there might be some gifts that don't resonate at all. So what the, this framework of the 14 gifts recognizes and honors variation. Uh, and it also does recognize that some straight men will possess these gifts. This is not an exact science, and we can't really say that only straight men or only gay men possess these gifts. But what we could say when we look in the larger picture is that these 14 gifts would not characterize straight men as a whole. These, these 14 gifts would characterize gay men as a whole. Um, so we're looking at sort of broader what I wanted to do was throw the net really wide and synthesize this broad body of literature that extends back to Edward Carpenter with his 1908 book, The Intermediate Sex. So it's gay men who have gathered in groups over more than a century and, and asked themselves these questions and continually have developed this narrative of social purpose. So we have said this about ourselves so it's, that's why I say it's not stereotyping. It's actually this very unique process of introspection, of asking ourselves, what is our social purpose? So there's, there's, there is overlap, but you wouldn't say that, um, that straight men, for instance, are friends, soulmates, and co-revolutionaries with straight women as a whole. That's one of the 14 gifts. But some straight men really are, right? So there is overlap. Mm -hmm. And... In terms of nature versus nurture, I can't really say. I I, I never even try to go there because mm. it's it's unprovable. Mm. However, my gut instinct says this is fundamentally nature. That we come into this life in every generation gay men are born. Right. In every society, like we can go anywhere in the world and recognize gay men. Uh, we, we have this, we, uh, we know the energy, we can mm -hmm. relate to it. And we didn't have to acculturate if there's something different about us, the way we show up in the world. So my gut, and I can't prove it, is that it is fundamentally nature. Mm -hmm. uh, Ray, uh, under programs, uh, Gay Men of Wisdom offers two signature experiences. One is a uh, weekend experience, and the other is a five month uh, group experience. Uh, can you tell us about those programs, and are there programs like this offered either through your organization or another organization for uh, women? Great question. So the two uh, programs, the weekend program is called Celebrating Gay Manhood, and I will offer it next at Frog Meadow in June, actually June 28th to 30th, uh, 2019. Frog Meadow is a, a gay men's B&B in Vermont. Um, so this, what, what this weekend program does is it looks at a handful 
of the 14 gifts. I couldn't cover all, all 14 in a weekend because it's overkill. So this looks at, it honors the way we express manhood. It looks at the, the balance that we bring. It looks at our relationship to manhood, to other men. And it actually is probably the most deeply spiritual experience that we offer because you can do things in person that we can't do online. So the online group uh, is called Living Out Your Gifts. I run that, but we also run it in person in local areas. So this group, this, this program, takes us through all 14 of the gifts. So each week we read a chapter in the book, we explore a gift in depth. It's like, so you, you, read, the, you read the ideas in the book, the, the sort of the general concepts, and in the program itself, in the group, the guys explore how this gift applies to them and to what, what difference does it make in their lives and the lives around, of the people around them. So it's this very, it's this gradual deepening awareness of all the different ways that we are different from other people. And, and what you learn by the end of this is, is sort of Harry Hayes truism that gay people are the only thing that we do similar to, to other. And he said this sort of tongue in cheek, but I, I love it. He, Harry Hayes said, the only thing we do the same as straight people is have sex. We're different <laughs> in all of the other ways. Right. So you, you really get to you get this deep understanding because of this different energy we bring and the different social functions we play. So to answer your question about women, to my knowledge, nothing like this exists for women. And I have always wanted to meet the woman who, A, is either doing this work or who wants to partner with us to develop this kind of social narrative among lesbians. Because to my knowledge, it doesn't exist. Well, hopefully maybe somebody listening in is in that position and uh, can contact you either directly or through us. Uh, uh, Philip, I'm going to ask you just one follow-up. Yeah, go ahead. What, what type of uh, feedback do you commonly get from people that take either the weekend or the uh, five-month group uh, programs? Generally, there's a, a relief. There's a an awareness, a, an appreciation for providing the language to describe what gay men have always known about themselves, but have never been able to articulate. So our culture, in gay culture, we have this overriding idea that we are just like everyone else, except for our sexual orientation, and that really isn't true. We know there's there's this dissonance between our narrative that we send out to the larger world and then that different, that boy that we were at five years old who was getting bullied and beaten up because we were so different and we couldn't understand why. And so what this does is it gives that language to really not just understanding, but honoring and really claiming the power in how we are different. So generally speaking, there was, and not everyone has a terrific experience. It might not resonate for absolutely everyone, right? But the, I, the overarching experience is, wow, I really now get it. Thank you for giving me this language. Interesting. Ray, you, you, on your website, um, you, it says that Ray is calling for the spiritualization of uh, the of gay men or the gay male experience. What what do you mean by the spiritualization? Well, that's a quote from someone who took one of the programs. Oh, so, okay. and what I find interesting is that this work 
can be experienced in multiple ways, depending on the perspective you bring to it. So for some people, it can be deeply spiritual, this becoming, getting in touch with our our purpose and our function, which can be very spiritual. For other people, it could simply be drawing awareness to our um, to to what we do in the world. It can be a personal growth experience. So it it I, I try to include language from from different men who have taken the programs to provide you know because again it's all in what you bring to it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray, uh, uh, my question would be: I mean, it seems apparent that this is very important work that you do and one person can only reach so many other people have you uh considered or are you in uh, in already uh training other people to run the workshops that you run maybe in different languages in different uh, locales and so on and so forth yes um we are Right now, for instance, we have a, a, a psychologist in Indianapolis who runs the group there. He ran uh, a group for five months. And we were piloting this new five-month group. And this is probably the third iteration of this program that we've done. So we had pilot programs in Provincetown, S- Seattle, and Orlando. And that was a drop-in format. And we had different facilitators we met every month. And this is all curriculum-based. So it's I, I've designed this experience to be replicated. So we are at the point where we're actually creating a facilitator training and inviting men to um, uh, to run groups. that They'll need to go through our, our program and then the facilitator training. Um, and then so our whole point, our whole aim is to replicate this. So this group takes root in cities around the country, in Canada, and around the world. And, and so that's part of what we as a nonprofit are building capacity to create, to not only train new facilitators, but support them and provide supervision and guidance and really create a network of uh, information sharing and uh, sharing best practices among these group of guys who are uh, running our, our programs. Uh, Ray, it's easy uh, to um, get a sense of how your work would be transformative to uh, gay men who come into uh, into the work. Um, I'm curious whether, by extension, um, the straight people in the lives of those gay men, then uh, does it carry out when they then go out and interact with straight relatives, straight friends, straight coworkers, or and especially uh, the extent to which they remain involved in uh, spiritual or religious organizations, hmm. I sure hope so. It, it is this the, all of this work is about how we are part of the human family. And, and sort of the paradox of it is that we gather uh, as gay men in a single identity space to recognize how critical we are to the human family, to all of us. Mm. So um, the I, I, it's a good it's a question that I think would be probably best posed to the guys who've taken the programs. But what I have seen is a deeper understanding and a connection b- uh, between men in the programs and the people around them. They become they become more aware of what social functions they serve for those people, right? Um, so it's a really good question. I'd love to have a better response to you, um, but I I certainly hope that the guys leave the programs and and re- and 
and and come back come back to the world with a with a a new energy and new awareness and a newer sense of of connectedness to our purpose as a uh, as a human family. Uh, along those lines, Ray, uh, uh, let's say somebody's listening into the the podcast and they think, "Wow, what tremendous information! I want to learn more about this." My son, my nephew, my dear friend is is a gay man. And I, I want to understand this better, uh, but, but this is a straight person uh, having mm-hmm. this desire to understand it better. Is there literature they could read? Uh, would you ever uh, think in the future of, of reaching out and having workshops and programs for, for, for straight men or straight women that want to understand this uh, uh, better? Well, the, the first answer is to that anyone can read the book, Gay Men and the New Way Forward. And I have gotten plenty, lots of appreciative emails from straight people. I, I got, I got a, a beautiful note from this straight woman who read the book and who said, thank you for explaining to me why my, my relationships with gay men are so rich mm. and, so, and so rewarding. I now understand. Wow. Uh, where, is so, your, where is your book available? Is it on Amazon? Uh, Amazon and all of the major ebook uh, platforms. You could buy it. You could go into any li- uh, uh, bookstore and request it. They can order it. So it is available through Ingram. But you go to a bookstore. You can request it from your library if they, if you'd like them to purchase a copy. That's that's all available. Um, Kindle, iBooks, etc. Give us the title again. Gay Men and the New Way Forward. I want to uh, reinforce what you uh, just said about the person who uh, told you that your work helped them understand um, why they had such special relationships with gay men. Um, I've, I've found that one of the blessings of my life is, you know, for, well, almost all my life is having uh, close friends and relatives who are, are gay men. And I've never understood the entirety of why that was special. I just sort of chalked it up to, you know, my, my good fortune and karma. Um, but it was always obvious that they brought something to my life that my straight pals you know, didn't, and my wife and women didn't. And it was always interesting to me. And I must say that just looking at your website and and the uh, distinct gifts page of your website actually did shed a lot of light on that. So um, I, I would encourage our listeners to not think this doesn't apply to them if they're not gay men. Yeah, I, I would, I would uh, second that. I mean, those are my thoughts exactly. Um, uh, Ray, are, are there any uh, final uh, thoughts or uh, points you'd like to share with our listeners and fill any follow-up from your side? So, Ray? Sure. And just on that last point, I think what, what, this, what I hope that this work does is give not just gay men, but the broader culture permission to talk about differences in a way that is healthy 
in a way that honors, that really acknowledges differences, because that's the bigger picture here. What we hope to do with Gay Men of Wisdom is to inspire other groups to develop their own narratives of social purpose. So what we've done is we've created a process for how to value human difference. And it means recognizing that it does exist and not pretending that we're all, all the same, but really looking those differences square in the eye from a perspective of honoring. And if we can do that, then we can live peacefully as a human race. Ray, have you reached out to do talks or events uh, in uh, or to work with organizations uh, that um, have a mixed group or are mainly straight churches, so forth? Um, and I and I don't just mean Judson Memorial. I mean you know other places where you'd be welcome and and where you might educate the larger population. I have done some of that by invitation. Uh, I spoke at Texas A&M at their uh, oh. LGBT Pride Week. I gave a uh, TED, TEDx talk on the Upper West Side in New York City uh, called Gay Marriage and the Expansion of Human Consciousness. Um, and it was really sort of this bigger picture for a mixed audience and to, to, um, to explain what this work is all about. Because it's much broader than me, as, as Ray Rigliosa teacher, the executive director of Gay Men of Wisdom, this is about something that gay men as a, as a, uh, a group has done over time. Wonderful. Uh, very good. Thank, thank you so very much for your time. All the information about uh, uh, Gay Men of Wisdom, the book, uh, the website, gaymenofwisdom.org, uh, that will all be posted up. Uh, this is being recorded in March of 2019. Some will listen uh uh, now and some will listen in the future, but I think the information uh, is extremely important. And it certainly, uh, I have to say, Ray, I, I learned a lot today. I, I, I don't always say that. Uh, and uh, it was very insightful, uh, and I uh, wish to hope to learn more. Phil? Yeah, thank you, Ray. I appreciate it. And I know Dennis does, and I, I'm sure our listeners will as well. And we wish you great success moving forward. And please hang on after we um, sign off. Great. Thank you both for having me. It's been a pleasure.